on this edition of the podcast. We're going to look at Season 12 Champions Kubala. And we're going to look at the draft. Because there's some talent in there and you're not looking close enough. Let's get to the show. R-kioski on jäätelökioski. 500 R-ää piristävät päiväsi esimerkiksi Buffetin ja pingviini tuutti suloisan suklaan voimin. Kappalehinta 1,25. R-lle siis. Nopea ja mukavaan ateriointi. Cleveland's choice for sports: WKRK FM and HD1, Cleveland Heights, Cleveland, and Radio.com Sports Station. We are Sports Radio 92.3 The Fan. It is the commission. We are here, and we have a new champion. If you can believe it, after years of the Sakamo dominance, just like real life. Kuvala steps up and wins their second title in four seasons. Um, I think unlike, say, um, Osakamo, of course, is going to be good for a while to come still. But uh, fascinating to um, to see the wackiness of the Kuvala model work itself out for another season, for another title. They've been good for a minute, though, so it's not super surprising, but but cool that a pitcher pitching dominant year that they were able to graph together a uh, a pretty wild setup that led them to a championship. And so congratulations to the number one seed who managed to go wire to wire. Um, so they are the, the, the most recent President's Trophy champion to, to, to win it all. They're only, they're only, I think, only the fourth in league history to do that. I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. That this is not, this is not, an, this is not a usual occurrence at the number one seed mind you, by one game, uh, manages to win it all in this league. So that's pretty rad. And um, and again, deserves a lot of credit. It also means that, you know, I don't know, this this league can feel a little random, which, you know, sort of sort of by design, right? But at the end of the day, you can put together a good team and you're smart about what you're trying to do. You know, at the end of the day, the number one, two, number, number one and number two teams made the, made the finals this year. So... Well, I think it can get fluky. Shout out to Yantu last season. Uh, you know, or, you know, other seasons where, you know, fluky teams have won titles. Uh, it's still pretty cool that... Also, fun fact that, you know, that 1939 Kubala team is the highest ranked uh, championship team of all time. They're not the number one... Um, in terms of ELO, they're not the number one ELO team ever. That's actually Kupio in 38, who did not win a title. Um, Kupio's a different Kupio team, won a championship. But, um... I don't know where this team matches up, but I believe that this team is better than that team. So this team may be may be the best uh, ELO team to win a title ever. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm going to look it up really quickly because I'm curious now. But I'm pretty sure that this is the uh, 1598.6. So uh, 1598.6 would be just below. Um, yeah, third, the third best, the third overall best uh, ELO team in history. Um, so that's pretty good. So this Kuvala, this Kuvala run that they've had basically would probably put them somewhere in that, you know, well, that third title would put them best all-time category for sure, I would say. Um, I think those early Sakamo teams and Pori teams are pretty dominant, but it's hard to compare that era with this era in terms of the, the way the talent is poured into this league now. But just based on ELO alone, those teams do compete, you know, the first two Pori teams certainly. Um, Lady Pori was dominant for four years. They only won two titles out of it. Um, Sakamo was kind of fluky. They didn't. They didn't get much better. These later Sakamo teams have been much better than the early Sakamo teams that went back to back. 
Um, and for those who are not here, of course, those those playoffs were much smaller than what we have now. For a while, we only had four teams in the playoffs um, in this league. We only had we had for a while we had ten teams. You know, we we expanded pretty quickly um, from ten to fourteen. So, um, anyway, congratulations to Kuvla um, and really to all the playoff teams. This was like, yeah, I think this was a despite the way the playoffs kind of looked like, I thought this was a pretty tight year. Um, I mean, actually, both the teams that you know won the divisions won them pretty handily. But after that, everybody in the middle was pretty close together. I think Sakamo, um, you know, sort of right in that mix of it. But, you know, Kavinka, Olu, Helsinki, um, and Vimpoli getting back into the postseason. Congratulations to Vimpoli getting back into this thing on the back of Ryland Kerner. Another third-round pick. Again, this league, man, like, you can draft guys. Get guys here for that 1940 draft, a third-rounder. Comes in here two years later, he's in the bigs. And he's like the, he's the ace of a staff. Tampere did the same thing with a third rounder. If you can be smart about who you're picking in these drafts, Cupio won titles based won a title with a bunch of dudes they got in late super super stupid late rounds. You know, Adam Carjolena was a third round pick. Um, you know, and so uh, their ace Jason Hayes actually was actually that first rounder for once. But um, anyway, the point of this is is that you know you can you can do some things around here. I don't think that's true of every league. Um, certainly not the ways that you would think. Um, and so, uh, oh, he finally put Gabe Britt. I'm just looking around now. He finally put Gabe Britt into the rotation a little bit. He got 17 starts this season. Um, still not enough. Not enough starts. Hashtag free Gabe Britt. Um, <laughs> for the, again, for the uninitiated, Gabe Britt was an ace who got traded for a bunch of years ago. Um, Cupio traded, I think, a whole, whole draft for him, basically. Um, in, a, in the hopes of winning another title, um, that did not happen. But it was a cool, it was a cool trade. Um, Nico Nyman, their fourth starter, was a tenth round pick. Again, that thirty-five draft was pretty deep, though. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about today, really, all I want to talk about, I, I'm not going to talk about free agency really at all in this 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 episode. Um, next week's going to be a little strange, I think. Anyway, um, I'm not sure who's going to be in that pool. I don't know if there are any any international free agents showing up yet. I'm not sure about that. Need to consult. Need to consult the spreadsheet. There might be one or two. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. But um, and if I did know, I probably wouldn't tell you right now anyway, because I don't know. But if looking at the pool, um, so so the, the the chatter the chatter is ah man, there's so many pitchers in this draft, and I don't I don't think that really is. I mean, it's sure according to my my thing here, there are 51 pitchers over the um over the 50 50 potential mark, and then it helped. Six of ten, almost ten of those are un over just fifty indeed. So really, fifty five and up, it's lower. So that's fifty one guys. All right, that's a couple of rounds of draft. But as we've proven in this situation, not all these guys pan out. They're not going to all be good. I don't know what league you think you're in that they're all going to turn out. They're not. So it's a question of which ones actually turn out and end up pretty good, which ones don't. Uh, I will say that you know I think draft pool stability has probably improved people are not complaining as much about their picks losing random uh random you know getting random dev hits like they used to when when random, the talent change randomness in this league was much higher um you're welcome uh it is much it is lower now we did try to stabilize that somewhat um but um in any case and that's partially just you know like it's one of those things but um in any case, looking around though, you've got you guys said some really good guys, but none of these guys are ready to go. You know, like 
Tato Yelonen is the only guy in this draft that has like numbers. He's a three-year Juco guy. I was going to call him Yuko because I've been talking in Finnish today, but um, Yuko guy. That um, he is the only guy that I would say is like the most ready of any of these guys. Like, so in theory, if you were a team that needs this guy to show up and pitch for you in the you know in the in the some playoff situation in the bullpen or something, you could you could Gabe Brit him and throw him in there, and that could work. Um, but I mean, that's about it. Um, the rest of these guys are not guys that are going to be ready for a minute, you know, two, three years. Some of them are already pretty old, 22, 21, 20, 23, you know, most of them are 22 and below. But these are old guys. Um, they're pretty nice, and they got they, they, they project well, but whatever. Point is, is there are some hitters in this draft that I think can do some things. Um, the fact that we're sleeping on Matt and Jr., who I think the only reason these guys are in the draft, I didn't mention this, I every every, every shot this, but... Um, what happened was is I changed the um the JUCO rules so that all JUCO guys are eligible because I didn't realize they weren't because that's how it is in real life and I didn't have it set that way here, and so um in any case that's why this pool is bigger because all those dudes that I sent to JUCO a bunch of years ago are just all eligible at once that's what happened, and and so it goes like whatever, but um so that's the issue you're you're running into here, um. But I don't think that hurts anything. Also, there are, there are a few other batters in here. Um, Samuel Kosa, Henry Niemann, um, Ilhar Hawkinson, um, Hoot Gibbert, which is a great name. Hoot Gilbert, which is a great name, by the way. Um, we can find a nickname for that guy. That'd be fun. I don't know how good he is, but whatever. Um, and then there's some guys that have some real good projected talent in here. Isaac Paul. See, Kenny Sanchez already went number one in this draft. He's got a, he's got a ways to go, but he's, you know, he's elite shortstop. He doesn't have any speed. Um, but defensively, he's great. And if he turns out to be a hitter, he'll be a star. Uh, but he's 21 already, so he's got a couple of years to figure that out. Um, you know, obviously, QNN Jr., I think the best player in this draft. You know, ready-made hitter. You know, he's not a home run hitter. Who the hell cares? He can do so many other things. He can play in the outfield. He can play shortstop. play second base. Um, I think he's a fun guy. Um, you know, there's a catcher in this draft, you know, Kristen Corchivari, um, who... Um, He's got some, you know, he's got some long-range talent. So there's sixty. By my estimation, there are sixty-eight guys, including some two-way players, who are um, batters. So there are more batters in this draft who are over fifty potential than there are pitchers. So if you think it's only pitchers, you're not paying attention, and you need to look more closely at what's out here. Are there some guys that are elite pitchers? Absolutely. There are, you know, by my count, fifteen, almost twenty guys in here who are, you know, seventy or above in this draft. That's really cool. But as you've seen historically in this league, like we have not had yet. We've had some free agents show up here and dominate the league as young pitchers. We have not yet seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the, in the channel somewhere, we have not yet seen a uh, young pitcher show up in this league and just blow it up. That hasn't happened. Just hasn't happened yet. And I don't think it's going to happen this season or next season. or in, I mean, eventually, someday it'll happen. We'll get a young Roger Clemens, Dwight Gooden kind of guy to come in here and just smoke things. But we haven't had that yet, other than, you know, older guys who are already here. Like, we typically have, our, our teams have been anchored by, you know, dominate, dominated by older or international free agents or, you know, the old Filipino-Brazilian league guys. We have not yet developed um, a ton of young pitching talent. There's some guys, but, you know, I don't know of the other pitcher of the year candidates who have done that yet. And I'm probably obscuring now and thinking missing somebody. And I'm going to go look at the list because I'm a little curious. I'm saying this out loud. But Dennis Mitchell was a free agent signing. 
uh, for uh, what do you call it? Aaron Nickenden. Aaron Nickenden came from the 35 draft. So for you folks who are new, 30, 1935, we had this crazy draft. Um, I forget how many rounds it was, but it was nuts. And um, and that's where a lot of like the the elite players in this league early in the you know in these days now are guys. I got a lot of guys who came from that draft because um, it was just it was just a you know a monumental draft. Um, anyway, Lane Torsonson was was from the thirty five draft. He was a nineteenth rounder. Just to give you context of how deep that draft was, talent change randomness was higher in those days. So obviously there were guys that were not projected to be anything who turned out. But the point that the point I'm making here is that, and frankly, I kind of miss those days. Um, but you know, I get it. Uh, anyway, the point of the story is other than the 35 draft, we haven't had like you know Driven Dampier and guys that have just been around for a minute who've been these star pitchers of this league. We're not dealing with these young rookies who are coming in and doing anything. Jack Farrell, Jack Farrell's gonna be the first guy, and I think he was an international free agent too, wasn't he? So he wasn't a draftee. So until that happens, I don't really think that you really can say much about, you know, plus, you know, with talent inflation in this league, really, like, what's a, you know, what's a 60, you know? I mean, it's good to see some teams that are able to carry guys like that and that they're useful in different ways. Luckily, they're not completely useless, but, you know, it's just, it, it's still not, you know, this isn't some run-of-the-mill league in that way. Anyway, I would encourage you to open the game. Don't just use Stats Plus. Open the game. Look at the pool and see who's out there because there are some guys that can help teams three, four, five, six seasons down the road um, in ways that, you know, if you've got a lot of picks or if you've got a few picks, um, you know, making those operative operative decisions can really be uh, a useful a useful way to help your team move forward, uh, especially if you're one of these middle-class teams. You know, we've had – I'd say that, well, obviously, we've had some, some parity in terms of, like, not recently, but historically some parity – among the champions of this league, but, you know, playoff team wise, you know, it's those bottom spots that are starting to be a thing. We're not in the old days where you could kind of have a, a lot of turnover at the top, you know, being the middle and bottom classes. Now with the seven teams, there's sort of the established class and then everybody else. But if you are one of those bottom teams or one of those middle class teams that you need, you're a few players away from getting into this. And again, I'm still working on, I'm going to end this show here shortly, but I'm still where I'm working on trying to figure out how to sort of bring back a little bit of that parody stuff we used to have where it was possible here for a while to be able to use a Filipino draft or whatever else in the midseason to get into a race or to, you know, to, 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 you know, sort of to match the arms race of the big teams. I don't like a situation. This is where this is commission chat. Now I don't like the situation where the dominant teams can kind of coast all season and then get to the playoffs and, I mean, you want to build a good team, but you also want to be able to inject a bit of randomness. Because, again, there are no injuries here. So, if all, if all this is a matter of, like, drafting five good, six, seven good players over five years, and then being and then being really, really good for the next ten, and then nobody else gets to be good, that's boring. Like, you, what you want is people to be able to build good teams in different ways. And I think Kuvala's championship, you know, Sakamo rebuilding and reloading after a couple seasons of kind of, like, you know, sort of medium-grade tanking a little bit, wasn't even super tanking. Pori being somewhat super consistent over the over the years, they've had Pori's had they're on their fourth GM. Pori's never been bad, really. You know, where they have one or two bad seasons ever, really. I mean, like, so there are different ways to lead. Yeah, they have two bad seasons ever, you know, two under 500 seasons ever in that team's history. So 
there are different ways to, to assemble. Havinka was bad in the beginning and has been good for years. Olu's an expansion team. They've been consistently good. Um, you know, other teams was trying, you know, sort of, you know, Vascular's trying to figure things out. Shulis ran, um, you know, previously Sinaioki and now Turku. That team was consistently good. Tampa is trying to figure it out. Lapo is going to tank, but they're going to come back. Uh, Yansu has been a team that's been in, you know, been in the mix before. Mikley's going to figure it out eventually. I think with that trade they made, and now they got an 18,000 picks. Um, Lapo at two, they're going to be turned around. I think Turku, you'll figure this out. I saw your post. You're going to figure this out. It's just one of those things. And like I said, I'm going to see if I can. You know, we'll we'll, ex- we'll explore some possibilities, um, like we used to have mechanisms, basic mechanisms we used to have to stabilize some things. Not immediately, not immediately, but maybe in maybe in the you know in the in the in the near term, another season, something like that. Whether it's just a supplemental round for um, for teams that miss the playoffs, I don't want people tanking against. I don't want people tanking for picks. It's not really what I want. I guess we kind of had that with the uh, Filipino draft and stuff, but. That I felt that was more fun, and it was midseason. So I'm thinking of a midseason scheme again, something like that. But I don't know what that'll look like. So if you have ideas, feel free to post on the channel. I think as I'm talking about this, I have some thoughts now about it. But um, in any case, that's the show. Um, open the game. Look at the draft. Make your list. Check them twice. Sign your extensions. Um, there's some minor changes to the schedule for the uh, holidays, including New Year. Check the announcements channel in Discord for that information. And until next time, enjoy whatever holidays you may or may not celebrate. Um, but most importantly, take care of yourself. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. This has been, no matter how many seasons we continue to do of this, I got to tell you that it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun in a year that's not always been the most fun. Um, I'm blessed, but that's not the point. It's just, But it's been really cool to do this. Every season we do this, I'm surprised we're still doing it. And that's a testament to each one of you who, you know, allow me, indulge me in, in sort of my ridiculous ideas. Um, and so until next time, this commission signing off.